Section 36 of Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts by David Alec Wilson. Section 36 Solidarity Among the Brutes. Part 3 the Indian baboons and the bear. Dr. Murphy, now civil surgeon at Malbin in the Delta of Burma, where this is written, is a unique phenomenon. That is a clumsy phrase to apply to any fellow creature, but accurate. He is a perfectly popular European official, popular in spite of being an official, because he is a good doctor, spontaneously sympathetic, kind and helpful, and does not bully or grab. Two little facts may be told on the authority of the present deputy commissioner of Malbin District and his predecessor to give Dr. Murphy the pleasure of seeing himself as others see him and to give strangers a glimpse of him. In 1908, when he was about to go away on sorely needed sick leave, the good people of Malbin Town, who did not realize how ill he was, got up a petition to the effect that Dr. Murphy's leave should be refused as Malvin Town could not possibly dispense with him. When he was expected to return in 1909, the deputy commissioner hastened to Rangoon to solicit that Dr. Murphy might be posted again to Malbin. That was how he came to be in Malbin this year, 1909, when he told me three pretty anecdotes, which, knowing him well, I retell now with as much confidence as if I had seen and heard, with my own eyes and ears, everything he told me he saw and heard. In 1883, he and his brother were schoolboys at Musori in the Himalayas, and were in the habit of frequenting a glen where lived a tribe of Indian baboons, Langours, the people named them. These are black-faced, white-whiskered, long-tailed, big, gray monkeys, not by any means as tall as a man, but as thick in the arms. They are a different species from the African baboons, but quite as clannish. They live on terms of neutrality with mankind, as the various tribes of men may be said to live with each other. That is to say, open hostilities are strictly avoided on both sides, and stealing is restricted to what can be done in secret. In this instance, as the stealing is all on one side, it might be said they levy tribute upon men, but they do not attack people. School children at Simla have told this writer that the wild baboons often sit and watch them, they and the children eyeing each other with equal curiosity. Of course, they are not Quakers, nor even Hindus. If people flung stones at them, they would fling stones in return. The little brown fisher monkey of Burma, too, will do that. But, in deference to Hindu prejudices, the English leave them alone, so that they have probably never noticed the English. They pay no taxes, these white-whiskered gentlemen, and reciprocate human forbearance. Live and let live is their rule with men, and so, in general, schoolboys hardly notice them. Great, therefore, was the surprise of the two little Irishmen one day to notice the baboons in a state of excitement, jabbering loudly and plainly preparing for battle. Their women and children were all huddled in one place, and the big males gathered in another, moving in a body. The boys, as if by instinct, followed the crowd of males to see the fun, 
whatever it might be, just as in the highlands of Scotland, when they were inhabited, the boys used to follow the men at funerals and weddings to see the fights. Their curiosity was richly rewarded. The baboons began to bait a solitary angry bear. The boys were dangerously close to the bear before they saw him, but he did not heed them, which was lucky. A bear, encountered at random, is often worse than a tiger, it is said, because the tiger can always get out of the way when he wants, but the bear is so slow that he despairs of escaping and turns and rends the man who has met him. In this case, luckily for the two little Murphys, the bear was preoccupied. The baboon swarmed noisily in the trees around and above him. The elder of the two boys, who alone saw much, said that he saw them incessantly, one heart upon another, come close enough to slap the bear violently with the open palm of the hand, on back or belly, on head or side, on whatever point seemed safest of access. Smack! 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 Their objurgations were like the sound of a cataract. The bear was distracted, snapping and striking here and there, but always missing. The baboons relied on their agility to escape his teeth and paws, with complete success, so far as the boys saw. But the boys did not linger. They had not the feeling of security that the baboons had, and, thankful to have escaped notice, "'Run! Run!' cried the elder, and they ran to a safe distance. There they stood and listened, and when the thunder of the battle and the shouting indicated the bear's retreat, the boys consulted the hillmen and were told that these battles, which were familiar to the hillmen, always ended in that way. The glen of the baboons was open to the south and east, sheltered and sunny, and convenient for the fields and gardens, in which the baboons could seek for change of diet. The adjoining glen of the bears had a wetter aspect. True, with all its wetness, it had many oaks whose acorns were dear to the hearts of the bears, and they meant to keep it, but why not have the other glen also? They esteemed the baboons no more than the Belgians esteemed the negroes. So, from time to time, an imperialist bear invaded the land of the baboons. But the hillmen said that they did not think the same bear ever came twice. The reason was that the bear, invading, always came alone. He was too inveterate an individualist to form a chartered company. He did not even hunt in couples. So the invader, irresistible as he seemed, was always repulsed by the solid regiment of baboons. Thus it is that men and baboons are taught the need of solidarity. As Benjamin Franklin quietly and sublimely remarked on 4th July, 1776, we must all hang together, else we shall all hang separately. End of section 36. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona.